podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Welcome to week three of our series, What Matters Most? What Matters Most? Once again, I'm going to be sharing some things today to help remind us why why we, resi- why we exist as a church. You know, for so many church-going people, they think that the church exists for just church people. But the Bible teaches us that the church doesn't exist for just church people, but that the church exists for the world. Hear that today. The church doesn't just exist for church people. The Bible teaches us that the church exists for the world. In fact, the church is the hope of the world, and we exist for the purpose, hear it, of reaching lost people. So again today, and what matters most, I know some of you are thinking, all right, we're finally going to get to what, matter mo- what matters most, and I'm just here to remind you today that this is the big idea, and this is what matters most. Out of all the things that could matter, lost lives matter most. When it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes with the the way God thinks and the Bible teaches, lost lives matter most. Um, Yeah, I know some of you are saying, oh, I can't believe I came this Sunday. This has been a great Sunday for me to sleep in, and and I can't believe we're going to talk about that. How boring. Now, you would never say that, but subconsciously, there's people in these locations that are thinking, really, we're going to talk about lost lives? Like, I, I've got a marriage problem, Pastor. Like, my kids are really rebellious. I'm dealing with teenagers, and you want to talk about lost lives? Yeah, because it matters. It matters most. And what so many people have failed to do, because in, in messages like this, they, they have a tendency to tune you out. And, and, and listen, I know you're looking at your phone like you're looking at the Bible, but I know you're, you're searching the web. Yeah, I know what you're doing out there, right? Updating your Facebook or whatever. But, but, the, but the truth is, is that you might want to reconsider and pay attention to what's getting ready to be said, because the Bible does teach us that, that the person that wins souls is wise, is, is wise. And the reason why the Bible says it's a wise thing to be on mission reaching lost people is because it's truly how you access God's blessings in your life. Some of you are trying to pray the blessing, beg the blessing, that if you would just get on mission with the assignment of reaching lost people, you'd be shocked how the blessing would flow into your life. In fact, everything that you ever have need of in your life, in your situation, in your crisis will really flow through the assignment of you reaching lost people. I call it the three Ps. If you'll be on mission reaching lost, pe- uh, reaching lost people, you will experience God's power, you'll experience God's provision, and you'll experience God's protection, power, provision, protection. It's all promised from cover to cover if you'll get busy about what God is busy about, and that is lost lives matter most. In Luke chapter 15, I love this passage, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. In Luke 15, verses 1 through 3, notice what it says here. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners, notorious Sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. That's amazing. Notice verse 2. 
It says, this, this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain. What? That he was associating with such simple people, even eating with them. Notice verse 3. So Jesus told them. Told who? The religious people. So here are these religious people. Now, now I need you to catch this. I need to catch the the picture of what's going on here. These religious people are like the church-going people of Jesus' day. So it would be like us, that, that we would be mad that Jesus is hanging out with notorious sinners. And they're upset in Jesus' day. They're disturbed by the fact that Jesus is hanging out with these, these sinners, but not just, just sinners. Notice the Bible says they're notorious sinners. So they're the worst of the worst. They're the outcast. They're the bad of the bad, right? The despicable, wicked. In fact, one translation even says wicked sinners. So in response, hear it, in response to these religious people and their disdain and judgmental attitudes towards sinful people, Jesus begins to tell three different stories in this chapter to show them, hear me, what matters most. But Jesus isn't just telling these religious people. He's really telling us today in this room, they're in Fresno and they're in Madeira. Now, it's in these three different stories that we're going to cover today, that Jesus begins to show these church-going people that, 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 that the sinful people and lost people really matter and that this loss is, 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 is greater than anything that you could ever imagine because the cost of this loss is that of being lost for eternity, you got to hear that. You see, there is an eternity that awaits all of humanity. The Bible is very clear that, that, that it is destined for a man, for a woman, for a person to die once. And then the Bible's clear that you will stand before an almighty God before judgment. And the Bible says those who die without a relationship with Jesus will be lost for eternity. I don't know how, how to put this in, in, in a prettier way, but the truth is there is a heaven and there is a hell, and you will spend eternity in one of those places. That's what the Bible teaches. In John 3, verse 36, it says, all who trust him, God's son, in other words, you have a relationship with Jesus, to save them have eternal life. Those who don't believe and obey him shall never see heaven. If you go on and read that in its, its context, you'll find out that there's an eternal judgment that awaits those that don't know Jesus. Jesus was so serious about this that he made it his mission when he came to this earth to reach lost people because it matters. Luke 19.10, notice what it says here. The Son of Man, that's Jesus, came to find lost people and save them. I want you to hear it here at church today. You've got to hear this, this statement. Jesus did not come to entertain the found. He came to find the lost. That's a great place to clap. That's a great place to cheer. So, so listen, if we're going to be about Jesus, if celebration is going to be about Jesus, then it has to be about lost people or it really isn't about Jesus. So here is Jesus. Catch the setting here. He's surrounded by all these wicked, sinful people. 
And then he looks into the eyes of all these religious church-going people who are upset at him and angered by his interaction with them, and he begins to tell them the very first story. It's the story of the lost sheep. He begins to tell this story. There was a, there was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, and he takes the sheep out into the grassy fields to feed them. And at the end of the day, he takes them back home. And when he gets back home, he begins to count the hundred sheep, and he gets to 99, and he realizes that there is one lost sheep. And Jesus says in this story, the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep to go out to find the one lost sheep. Sheep. Remember, Jesus is surrounded by this, the, the notorious sinners, and he's telling the story not to the sinners, but to the church-going people. Let me tell you a little bit about sheepology. You see, sheep by nature need the herd of other sheep for its survival and for its protection. You see, sheep are very vulnerable animals. They can't fight off attacks by themselves. Sheep by themselves become easy prey to all of their predators. It's the herd. Hear it. It's the herd. It's the vast numbers of the herds that offers the sheep protection. Now, when it comes to sheep, not only do they need the herd for protection, but to give you more about sheepology here, they also need the shepherd because sheep are not very smart animals. I don't know if you know that or not, but, but Jesus here really isn't talking about farm animals, guys. You know what Jesus is talking about? He's actually using this as a metaphor, and he's saying people are sheep, and Jesus is the shepherd. And one of the, the key points that he's bringing out in this simple story is, is, is if you don't follow the, the good shepherd, you'll follow sheep. But that's bad because sheep are kind of kind of dumb. You know what's amazing is and back in 2004, crazy story. In 2004, 1,500 sheep walked right off of a cliff. There were people that actually were watching this. They, 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 they were watching as the first sheep actually jumped to its death and then in amazement watched all 15 other sheep Right, one right after another, just jump off, leap off of the cliff. Now, you would have thought that there would be one smart sheep among the 1,500, right? I mean, you're, you're right to the edge of the, 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 the cliff, and, and there's no sheep in front of you. You'd think there'd be one smart sheep. Like, where did Hazel go? Right? No. No, they're not concerned. They just... Follow the sheep, one right. And, 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 and if there ever is going to be a smart sheep, you think the last sheep would be the real smart sheep, right? No sheep in front of you? No sheep behind you? It's like, where did they go? Ah! Sheep aren't real smart animals. And Jesus says, we're just like sheep. We're just like sheep. And that really, I guess, explains it, doesn't it? That explains why some are following those who have made a mess of their life and crazy enough, they still follow them. Hello. That explains why some are following those who are bound by addictions, and yet they're still following them. And that explains why someone's following somebody who's angry and bitter and offended, and yet they still follow them. Why? Because sheep are stupid by themselves. They need a shepherd. And the truth is our lives are like those we have been following following. 
But we think, don't we, we can go off the cliff and somehow survive. But the truth is, is the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And it'll take you where it's taken millions of other people. And this is why, hear me today, sheep don't follow sheep. Sheep follows the good shepherd. Come on, that's a good place for you to clap right there. Come on, you receive that. So Jesus tells this story. There's a hundred sheep, and, and one gets lost, and the shepherd goes after the sheep. And I guess the question we would ask this morning is just how did the sheep get lost? Well, here's what you need to understand about sheep is sheep are not malicious animals. They're, they're not like goats. I mean, goats, have you ever been around a goat? I mean, goats will climb fences, they'll tear things up, they'll chew on stuff. Goats will almost eat anything. I mean, goats are hideous animals. They're just like cats. Come on, can I get a witness in this church? I mean, they all need to be banned off the island, right? Come on. You see, the sheep didn't go out one day and say, I'm out of here. I don't like the shepherd. I can't stand these other sheep. No, what happened to the sheep, it happens all the time, is just sheep get preoccupied. Their heads are down, and they're grazing away, and they take their eyes off of the shepherd and, and just slowly drift away. And that's what happened to this, this sheep. He's just grazing, and he just slowly drifts away, and he looks up, and he says, hey, where is everybody? He didn't maliciously just go out and get lost. No, and Jesus with all these sinful people around him, looks into the eyes of these religious church-going people. And what he's saying to them is some of these are just these sinful people, these wicked people, these notorious sinners. These are just like some of those sheep. They've just drifted away. They, they didn't stand up and say, I hate God and I'm not going to serve God. No, they, they just got preoccupied with, with, with grazing, they just got caught up with life and distracted by stuff and things that really don't matter, and they just drifted away. And Jesus is saying, even though they unintentionally are lost, they are still lost. And listen, religious people, listen, church-going people, this is what really matters to me, Jesus is saying. And the end of the story in verse of Luke chapter 15, it says, and when he, the shepherd, finds it, he happily puts it on his shoulders, goes home, and he calls to his friends and neighbors and says, be happy with me because I found my lost sheep. Look at, look at verse 7, in the same way. See, it's not about sheep. It's about people. In the same way, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes his heart and life than over 99 good people who don't need to change. It's awesome. Uh, Jesus is saying the joy of what was lost being found is what moves heaven. It's, it's, what real, it's what really matters. It's heaven's priority. And Jesus is looking at these religious guys and he's saying it should be your priority also. And then Jesus tells the next story, the story of the lost coin. It's all there in the same chapter. And Jesus says, there's this woman, and she had 10 silver coins. Each one of the coins represents a, a whole day's wage. And Jesus says that one of those coins went missing. Catch it. Listen. 
and went missing in the house. Everybody to all of our campuses say, in the house. Come on, say it again. Say, in the house. Perhaps the coin, I don't know, got misplaced. Perhaps it, perhaps it got dropped. We don't know how it got lost. But this is what is important to understand. Just because the coin went missing doesn't mean that the coin lost its value. In fact, the lost coin had the same, same value as the other nine found coins. But Jesus, in these stories, he's talking about lost things. You've got to catch this. Jesus is talking about lost things. So what would be the lostness of this coin? Are you here? Are you listening? What would be, that's a great question. What would be the lostness of this? It had the same value. So what, he's talking about lostness. What would be the lostness of this coin? Let me tell you what the lostness of this coin is. It is value out of circulation. That's what is lost. You see, it wasn't useful because its value could not be used. It was lost. Jesus, listen, is not talking about a lost coin. He's talking about a lost life in the house whose value isn't helping with what matters most. Are you here? Do you see what Jesus is talking about? You see, Jesus is dealing with the, with the, the hearts of these religious people, the condition of their heart. And Jesus is saying, you might be in the temple. You might be in the house. You might be going to church, but you have no value to God's kingdom. Oh, you're singing your songs. You're preaching your sermons. You're doing the church thing. But your value is zero because you're not using your, your value for what matters most. You're not using your value to reach. Jesus looking at him. He's looking to us. He says you're not using your value to reach and to search and to care for these lost, simple, notorious people. Here's the point that Jesus is making. God's people are God's solution for lost people on this earth. In fact, if you read your Bible, you'll find out that God has commanded you and every other believer. He's commanded that we invest our lives to help reach lost people. He, listen, listen, we can't be the solution celebration if we are lost in the house. So are you one of those lost coins? Are you, are you here today and you have no value in God's house? Because you won't give, you won't serve, you won't invest, you won't do anything to help God's mission on the earth. Oh, you show up occasionally. Good to see you. You, you sing the song. You endure the sermon. Oh, good for you. You do your religious duty. But listen, you're not, you're not helping anywhere. You're not helping serve, and you're not giving of your time and your talent and your resources into reaching lost people. That's what God is dealing with with these religious people. And if you're not serving and you're not helping and if you're not investing, then your value has been misplaced and the value has been lost. And our nation is full of churches that has lost value, misplaced value, value out of circulation because they could care less about the lost and dying humanity around them. And Jesus is saying to these religious people, and perhaps Jesus is saying to some of us in this room and there at our other campuses, you're just like the lost sheep that drifted off. 
Now, in this story, Jesus says that woman, when she lost that silver coin, she turned her house upside down until she found that coin. And listen to me, that's exactly what God is doing today. He's right here, and he's right now. He's at all of our campuses, and he's searching for those who are lost in the house. Luke 15, verse 9, here's how the story ended. And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, be happy with me because I found the coin that I lost. Notice verse 10 in the same, see, it's not about a coin. It's about people. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of the angel of God when one sinner changes his heart. I like that. And life. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying again, the joy of what was lost being found is what moves heaven. Listen, it's what matters most. And Jesus looking at those religious people, and he's telling us today, listen, if, 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 it's, a, if it's heaven's priority, then it should be our priority. Out of all the things that could matter, lost lives matter most. And then Jesus tells the last story. Now, most of us know this story. It's a famous story. It's a story about the prodigal son. This son comes to his father, and he demands his inheritance. The son, in his selfishness, says, says I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go. I want what's mine. I'm going to live my own life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And so the Bible says in this story that he intentionally leaves home. He leaves the father, and he squanders all of his life with ungodly living. And eventually his life is a complete mess, and he loses everything that he has, and he hits rock bottom. I mean, the party's over, the money's gone. And how many know when the money's gone, the friends are gone too, right? So the friends are gone, and and now he's working. The Bible says, Jesus telling this story, he's in a pig pen, and he's feeding pigs, and Many of us here today at all of our campuses, oh, don't we know the stench of that pig pen? Because we've been that, that, that son that walked away intentionally that said in our selfishness, I, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I've, I've been there myself. And all that ungodly living did was, was, was just lead you down a path to a pig pen of brokenness and hopelessness and and disgrace and where you feel discarded and, and lost. And I love it here because in this hopeless situation, some of you here today in Clovis or at all of our campuses, you might find yourself in this hopeless lost situation. And it was in that hopeless lost situation that this son makes the decision to go back home. He's hoping that his father will have mercy on him. And we read here in verse 20 the story how it ends. So he returned home to his father. While he was still a long way off, catch this, his father saw him coming. Catch that today. That means the father was on the road looking for his son. Why? Because lost things matter. His father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now listen. This isn't just about any father or any son. This is a picture of God. He is the good, good father. 
It's the reason why we've been singing that song is because we want you to know he's a good, good father and he comes with all of his mercy and all of his, his goodness and he's waiting and he's looking to welcome the lost home. Verse 21 goes on to say, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am, not long, I'm not, I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, I want you to notice here. The father ignores what the son says. The son wants to talk about all of his badness, but the father wants to talk about his goodness because he's a good, good father. God doesn't want to hear about all your badness. He already knows all your badness, and he's still on the road looking for lost people to come home. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. We must celebrate. See, See, what the father is saying is, I don't want to hear your badness. Let me tell you about my goodness. For all that sin and filthiness, I got a robe of righteousness I'm going to give you. You know, you've lost everything, but I want to put a ring of authority back on your hand. And you know those dirty, dusty, those dusty feet that took you down the wrong path? I want to put some new shoes, and I'm going to give you a new path to walk. And we're not going to stop there. I'm going to throw you a party just to show you that this is what matters most. Lost people coming home. So the Bible says the party began. Jesus once again is saying the joy of what is lost being found is what moves heaven. It's what matters most. It's heaven's priority. Celebration, it needs to be our priority. For every Christ follower, it is what really matters. So Jesus surrounded, get the picture, he's surrounded by all these notorious Sinners, wicked sinners. And he looks at these religious church going people who were off mission and who were even lost themselves. And Jesus corrects them and Jesus shows them nothing else matters than the lost being found. This is what matters most. Hear it today. Jesus is saying for every lost sheep that unintentionally drifted off, I'm on the search. I'm looking. I'm looking for that one lost sheep. And you know what Jesus is saying? And so should you be. And then Jesus is saying for every lost coin, the one that's been misplaced, the one whose value has been lost. You know what God is doing? He's here today, and he's turning the house upside down to find you, to get you back in the game. And that's what we should be doing, back in the game, begin to live our lives, church-going people, for what really matters. And then Jesus says, for every lost son, that one who intentionally walked away from the Father. Jesus is saying, the Father's on the road, and he's looking. Could this be the day he comes home? Could this be the day he comes home? And Jesus is saying, and you should be on the road right there with your Father, looking and searching and ready to welcome lost people 
home. Come on, that's a good place to clap. That's a good place to cheer. So I close. I'm done. I'm going to say it again. Out of all the things that could matter, out of all the things that could matter, lost lives matter most. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes at all of our campuses? In just a moment, Nick's going to come back and my son, he's going to give final application, prepare us for this next weekend at Easter. And before he does, I just want you to take a moment right where you're at and would you just have the boldness to ask God, God, what are you saying to me in this message? I do that every weekend because I believe it's such an important, important question to ask. If God had me preach this, then God intended for you to receive something. And for every person, it might be different. For you, it might be a different adjustment than it is for me. But there is something that God wants to do in your life. And would you in this moment, this quiet time, would you just say, God, I'm open. If I need to change, God, if I've been ignoring what really matters, help me to see what I need to see. Father, I pray today that you would help us, that you would help us, Lord, live our lives for what really matters. God, it's so easy. I'm, God, I'm the worst of this. It's so easy to get caught up with my own stuff, my own, my own challenges, my own difficulties, my own problems and to forget what really matters. And then I try to get you just to fix me, that God, when it all could be fixed, if I just stay on mission. God, I pray that you would help us all make the adjustment today. I pray, God, that Celebration Church in this community, in this city, and in this nation would be known. God, for being on mission to reaching and saving that which is Loss. May we be about what Jesus is all about. We make the adjustments today. Let us never be those church-going religious people that are upset about reaching lost people. Help us today, I pray. My heads are bowed, eyes are closed at all of our campuses. Maybe you're here today and you're you're one of those lost sheep or you're one of those lost coins or you're one of those lost sons. Maybe you, maybe you drifted away from the Father or maybe you on purpose walked away from the Father. Regardless what happened, you're still lost and the Bible's so clear that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved or shall be found. It's, it's not difficult. You just get up from the pig pen and you just start walking home and, and the father's going to come running and he's going to grab you and he's going to say, I don't need to hear about all your badness. I've got goodness in store. All you got to do is initiate and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to put a robe on you. He's going he's to take your filthiness and he's going to make you righteous. He's going to put a ring of authority. He's going to give you purpose and a plan for living. He's going to put new shoes on your feet. He's going to give you a new walk. And he's going to throw the biggest party. If you're here today at any of our campuses and you're not right with God, 
I'm going to ask you all over this facility, you know you're far from God, sin separates you from a loving God, and you're ready to come home to the Father. As I look all over this congregation, at all of our campuses, would you just lift your hand as high as you can get it? Say, Pastor, that's me. I want, I want you to lead me in prayer. Hands going up in all sections of this building. Just hold them up. Keep them. Come on, there in Fresno, Madeira. Come on, hold your hand up. Say, I'm ready to come home to the Father. Man, it takes me all day to count all these hands. You can put your hands down. Pray this prayer with me. Come on, are you ready? Come on, heaven's getting ready to throw the biggest party you ever seen. Because there's a whole lot more than just one here in Clovis, Fresno, and Madeira. Say this. Say, Father God, today I give you my life. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Today I come home to the Father. Jesus. Come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Father, with your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give it up. So many. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.